This is another Twins Insider Podcast. I am Michael Rand, Lavelle E. Neal III, with me from Florida, uh, where I'm told it's a lot warmer um, than it is here and that uh, there are baseball players on the field. <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, how warm is it there? I, you may be closer in, in heat and warmth than you think. Yeah, it's about 30 here, but it's going to get down to like 10 below overnight. So oh. I think... I don't. I th- the oranges would really be in trouble if that happened there. I'm just saying. Well, it's kind of it's kind of close to 30 here. Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, I, I shouldn't even I shouldn't even start with weather jokes because you're just gonna you just rub it in um, no matter what. Um, but something here, something that's not a laughing matter in my estimation, and we should take quite seriously off the off the jump here is Marwin Gonzalez met with the media Tuesday uh, for the yep. first time since um, all the uh, all the allegations, all the MLB investigation into the Astros' sign-stealing uh, scandal uh, broke. Marwin, of course, part of the Astros in 2017 and 2018, had his best season by far in the majors in 2017, where the Astros were accused and basically found to be guilty of um, a pretty elaborate uh system of acquiring signs and a pretty barbaric uh, system of relaying those signs by banging on trash cans. Um, what was your, I want to start with your takeaway from him basically apologizing and more or less becoming the first kind of position player, at least from the Astros, to say, I'm sorry uh, from all that. Yeah, you know, I thought that uh, Marin probably did as well as he could have given the circumstances. Uh, he acknowledged that he participated in the, in the investigation, and so uh, he knows what they were looking for, and uh, he has you know direct knowledge of uh, of what went on on his end and what went on as far as how the league conducted its uh, its investigation. So, um, and he he sounded remorseful. He sounded like he regretted what what went on, and and wished that they had a chance to do it over again, and maybe they wouldn't go that route. But you now, as we've since then, it's come out. Uh, it's kind of detailed how Carlos Beltran was like the the ringleader of this of this plot to uh, to use video to uh, break down pitcher signs and everything and to uh, signal head hitters in the batter's box and it was a it was a scheme that even you know AJ Hinch was was uh, uh, was uh, maybe unaware of but at the same time. Uh, he probably could have stopped it. I know one the story read one teammate went up to Beltran and said we shouldn't be doing this, and Beltran was already had his foot to the floor on on this one, and they uh, continued to do so. So it was an elaborate scheme, and the whole clubhouse was in it, on it. And Marwin was there, and uh, and yeah, they have to deal with the scrutiny going forward. Um, I'm going to say this, uh, you know, I'm not trying to take the, take the attention off the Astros because they need to be held accountable, not just for the scandal for all the other uh, things they've done in recent years, going going back to uh, uh, mocking you, Darvish, when Duriel hit a home run off him in the postseason, and the in the uh, assistant GM uh, yelling at female yeah. reporters in the clubhouse, and and uh, Verlander having a reporter barred from entering the clubhouse. I just think. I, I've, I've said it on radio. I'll say it again. They've, they've acted like a crime syndicate. They've lied. Yeah, they've, cheated, point. they've stolen and they've mocked. They've done everything short of murdering someone, you know, and getting away with it. They've, the organization was just doing whatever it wanted and not caring about uh, any retribution. And they need to be stopped. But at the yeah. same time, uh, and we've seen evidence of this a little bit with the Red Sox, but 
uh, I don't think the Astros were the only team doing these things and trying to tip off their hitters to what was coming to the plate. Right. And what the league did uh, in punishing the Astros was to send a message to the rest of the league to cease and desist on the, on this activity. So I've heard people saying that the, the Astros should be stripped of the World Series and they should be treated like the Black Sox. And, you know, the 2017 Astros will probably go down in history for, for being that team. And I think yeah. that's enough shame in, 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 in that regard. But I also think that it's similar to when the league uh, toughened its drug policy. I think there are a lot of players who were uh, taking PEDs at that time and had to clean their act up. And I think now that the league has made an example out of the Astros for sign stealing using technology that the other teams will stop too. I I would be surprised if a third of the league was trying to uh, pull off the same shenanigans that the, sure. that the Astros did. The Astros is just so brazen and banging on the can right. <laughs> behind the dugout to, to warn you here what's coming. So. Well, what's interesting to me is that I, I don't know if you read the Wall Street Journal story that came out a few days ago, but you know it makes it seem a little bit more extensive even than the MLB report indicated. It was not just home games; it was road games too. It was a lot of the 2017 season. It indicated that you know that they were that it was getting harder as the year went on because teams were starting to catch on to them, but that they started that they kept at, kept at it in 2018. And here's Here's some interesting stuff. It really seems, based on all the evidence, like they really started it up towards the end of May because I don't know if you've seen the the Astros fan who put together the 8,000 clips of all the banging on the garbage cans. Um, it was he, exhaustive research at his part. It was. It was, it was amazing. It was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, it kind of shows that it really ramped up with the series against Baltimore. Uh, it was right around Memorial Day. And lo and behold, they played the Twins, uh, by the way, uh, in the series after that and absolutely bludgeoned them at Target Field. I don't know if you remember that series. Uh, I remember that series. It, yeah. it was a relentless beatdown of the entire pitching staff. Astros uh, won uh, won those games. I think it scored 17 runs in one of those games, 16 runs in another another one of those games. Uh, funny. wonder how they were able to do that. But So basically, you know, it, it, the, uh, the Wall Street Journal report has, you know, correspondence from Astros officials and basically this started with an intern making a program and it went all the way to the top the GM absolutely knew about this and I, I don't believe for a second yeah. that a, I don't believe for a second that AJ Hinge didn't know about it too because uh, he you know he, he seemed like he was unhappy about it well then stop it uh, I think I think they should be stripped of their World Series uh, without a doubt but here's here's some interesting numbers before May 25th Astros that year had a 779 team OPS from May 26th through the end of July, which the report makes it seem like that was when they were able to use it the most because it was fresh. Teams hadn't caught on. They had a 922 team OPS. And then August 1st on, as teams are catching on, 757 team OPS. Marwin, in that three-month span where they're, you know, two two to three-month span where they're able to cheat, mm-hmm. 335 batting average, 949 OPS, and almost a 400 uh, batting average on balls in play. I'm still bugged by this because I feel like he he benefited probably the most of anybody uh, because he had the most uh, the most bangs on the garbage can according to that report, and he was able to you know he had a career year that then allowed him to sign probably a more lucrative contract than than he would have. So I'm still curious to see how this will play out with you know not just not just with him but specifically with him with the Twins because. You know, like you referenced in your story, there's a couple twins now that uh, were on the Dodgers team in the 2017 World Series. How is that going to play out in the clubhouse? Yeah, it sounds like Marwin's going to talk to those guys and try to explain himself or try to apologize. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how 
how Rich Hill uh, and the man uh, made a uh, respond to that. But I will say this, that um, when a team's hitting 929 OPS over a period, that is that is a ridiculous clip. Yeah. So it was more than just Marwin that year. Oh, it was more than just Marwin, absolutely. But he benefited a lot from it. So it's, you know, yes. he, he can be remorseful all he wants. He absolutely cheated. And, you know, I, I, that's that's going to stay with him. And I just, I wonder how easy it will be to for some players to forgive and forget that, uh, especially teammates of his who, you know, either got lit up by the Astros in 2017 like Jose Barrios did mm-hmm. or who, you know, had, you know, a World Series perhaps taken away from them, like uh, like Rich Hill and and, and Kenta Medea. Yeah, because you never know when you're going to yeah. you you never know when you're going to be in that position again, and to, to find out that uh, you may have been a victim of some skullduggery is probably going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. I mean, Cesar Sabathia has been pretty vocal about how they felt they were robbed now in the World Series. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or robbed in the playoffs because of it. So I, I can get why there could be some hard feelings there. Yeah. So, like I said, this is a this is hopefully this we're at the end of a very interesting chapter. But moving forward, I was I tried to ask Rocco this yesterday, and he was like, "That was it's a that's a bigger conversation for another time." But you know, it's okay when a, a, a savvy curmudgeon, you know, bench coach is sitting on the in the dugout and is able to figure out what signs the third base coach is right. sending. You know, but it's another thing when technology is involved. Yeah. You know, it, how fine is that line? Is there a gray area? Is there a way that the league can universally universally allow some sort of technology to to uh, to, uh, to, to give teams information during games, or do you just draw a hard line and say no? Um, because the 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 ability to have wearable tech and have it on your person and right. have it in your glasses, you know, it, it eventually, you know, there's going to be some James Bond stuff going on out here where guys right. got sunglasses here that can zero in on the catcher's fingers <laughs> and determine right. what what signals are being flashed. How are you going to stop that? You know, I just I don't I don't I don't know. So and it's, um, and it's interesting too because it's from diff- it's different than the steroid scandal. I, I in some ways I think it's worse, um, but it's different because it's fo- so focused on a team and not a series of players spread out. A team or a couple teams, you know, with the Red Sox involved too. A team, you know. Instead of being spread out over you know a handful of guys on each team, plus it's a very pitcher versus hitter thing. I mean, there was plenty of pitchers implicated in the steroid scandal. There's not a single pitcher I can imagine who is happy about this. Uh, so it's kind of divisive in that way, in my mind. Yeah, uh, I I agree. I agree. The pitchers are probably the ones who uh, who are uh, at risk most through all this, all these efforts to use technology to cheat. So. Uh, I don't know what recourse they have. I don't know if there's a, even a flip side. I don't think there is. So Maybe. I go to why they're upset. Yeah. I mean, all that said, I mean, I, I think, you know, what, what's done is done. And I think Marwin at least has taken the right step, given all that, in, in saying he's sorry, in, in expressing what seemed to be genuine remorse. I, I just still don't know how that's going to play out for the course of his career. I mean, are, these, are all these guys going to get, you know, plunked in the bud every time they're up at bat this year what what's going to be the the on-field kind of dynamic in all this you think i don't know and it's, it's going to be up to I, well, I think the next the next uh the ball is in houston's court right now yeah because up until this point they have not shown they've shown very little uh culpability for what's gone on and right. it sounds like they're going to have meetings here uh in the next couple of days to determine what type of approach they're going to take uh, once the first once their first workout begins, and I think the the owner, uh, Mr. Crane, is going to be involved in these discussions. And hopefully, he says, 
you none of you jackasses have actually shown any remorse for what went on in 2017. You know, your manager doesn't is no longer here. Your GM is no longer here. And yet you guys are talking about, we're just going to win the World Series again next year. That is right. the wrong way to go about doing this. Yeah. We need to admit that we were wrong and we were dirty dogs. So we could move forward with this. Because if we don't do it and don't sound sincere, then the doubt's going to be uh, against us everywhere we go. And uh, and you think it's bad now. Wait till you start traveling on the road during the season. And people are going to start thinking, here come the Houston cheaters are visiting yeah. us this week. And you're going to get all kinds of grief. So um, the Nationals better come up with an effective plan of attack here and implement it pretty soon. I want to bring up one more thing related to this and then move on to some happier spring training stuff uh, to, mm-hmm. to end this podcast. But have we talked to Tyler Clippert about this yet? I haven't I wasn't sure if he was at Twins Fest or if he's been if he's been down at spring yet cuz he was on that 2017 Astros team at least for a little while. Do we do we know how he felt about all this? Uh Clippert is here. I don't know if he's been uh, asked directly about it. Um I I heard some roamings like a week ago that uh the Clippert, one of the reasons maybe Clippert left the Houston Astros after that year is because what was going on did not stick with yeah, him. I'd heard the same thing. Well I heard the so, same thing, so I was wondering if you'd heard that too. No, no, we haven't had a chance to talk to him. He's he's been uh, he's been in the clubhouse uh, a couple of times, but uh, not in the area where I could get to him. Yeah. Plus, there's other stuff going on down here right yes. now. I'm trying to chase down yeah. around the ballpark. I've yeah. got an agenda's worth of stories here. <laughs> I'm kind of buzzing around. Uh, uh, trying yeah. to execute some other stuff here, but it will be it will be interesting to bring it up with him once I get a chance to talk to him. Well, tell me about some of the other stuff because there are still interesting things on the field going on. Might be Byron Buxton being one of them. What's kind of his, you know, what's his early timeline? Do you think? I actually walked past Buck today. He looked really good physically, and he's added more tattoos. Uh, <laughs> so Always important had, when you're rehabilitating. He's had, he, he's had a productive off season, I guess, <laughs> in the tattoo in department. That regard. Yeah. But he had a bat in his hand, and he was talking about his swing and his mechanics. So he was in full baseball mode. So um, he seems to be – well, he hasn't been on the field for BP yet. Um, I don't know if he's going to be on the field for BP right away because uh, the plan for for Buck is to, you know, take it easy with him and then maybe uh, have him playing some spring games in the middle of March. So maybe he he appears in, like, eight games and gets, like, 20 at-bats, you know, and they may have to just be goal time after that. So – um, but indications are that he's doing fine. He's not. Uh, there's been no announcements of a setback or anything. So, so and that's that's pretty important, you know. Yeah, it's hugely if important. He could, if he could play, if he could play 130 games, that just means so much. Because remember, I mean, they ended up winning the division and winning 101 games, but they were like 65 and. Thirty something with, with Buck in the lineup, right. and that, that cannot be ignored. Well, he he just changes. I mean, he changes the dynamic of the defense. No, no question. I mean, the the outfield defense is you know he covers so much ground out there, and it just but also he you know he influences the running game. They they have no running game basically without him, and he they just they are able to score runs differently with him. Uh, it forces the defense to speed up, you know, right. because they're all like, oh crap, here's Buxton, you know, right. so they know that. Anything more than two hops in the infield is probably going to be a hit. So it makes them rush, you know, and, and that just that just uh, swings the that just uh, swings things over to the Twins' benefit here. So yeah. and uh, yeah, running on balls in the outfield. You know, Buxton not around weakens two positions because right. Kepler can play center, but he's not yeah. as good as Buxton. Right. And whoever replaces Kepler right is not good as Kepler. So right. when Buxton leaves, um, that weakens two positions instead of one. So he once you have yeah. Once you have uh, Rosario, Buxton, and Kepler intact, yeah, 
you're you're chasing you're running down to everything hit to the outfield. And in terms of like all the you know advanced metrics last season, he basically accounted for them being at least a, a above average defense. Any anything, you know, although you know defensive runs saved, anything they were on the plus side was basically Buxton, and everybody else was you know kind of below that uh, below that zero water mark. So he's he's hugely important. I mean, you you get him back potentially, and then you've got a new third baseman and Donaldson to kind of provide an anchor and stability on on the infield. You know, yep. uh, an infield defense that I thought was pretty bad last year, to be honest. Uh, and I don't know if it's, you know, completely upgraded just because they got one uh, better better fielder. But you know, someone who, someone who kind of takes charge of the infield and has that kind of caliber glove uh, certainly helps. Yeah. Well, the middle infield is going to be a little bit of a uh, this yeah. year because Arias Ar- 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 is not definitely good. not uh, yeah. Roberto Alomar at second no. base. And, and Polanco's average at best. But, you know, John Donaldson would be fine at third. And we got to remember, and I'm going to probably write about this in the next week or so, you know, you just don't throw someone over at first base and right. think everything's going to be fine. There's right. there's standards that have to be met to play that position well, you yeah. know, and positioning and, and knowing where you need to be. And he's got to work on all of that. So, yeah. um, well, there's a rumor. There's a rumor that Miguel's in great shape uh, down okay. here. I have not seen him yet, so I'm anxious to see what, what that looks like uh, to me. So we're gonna get I, the... I talked to. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say we're gonna... <laughs> we're gonna start getting the best shape of their life stories. You, you are you are the keeper of the this guy's in the best shape of his life uh, story. We're trying so. to get in the best shape of their life. I talked to Michael Pineda today, and I think he's lost maybe like five pounds from last year. He's still got a little bit of a boiler on him, but he's just, a, he's just he's he's just a big guy overall. I just. It's amazing because if if you run into him in a dark alley, you're going to be terrified. But once you start talking to him, he sounds so pleasant. You right, know? right. <laughs> he just sounds like a nice guy, and he's he feel he feels bad about how last year went down too with him uh, uh, testing positive for, for uh, the the masking agent and uh, missing out on the celebration. And he said he almost cried when uh, they called him from the clubhouse in uh, in Detroit to to share a moment with them, you know, he thought that was real touching and he just wanted to come back because he, he loves the atmosphere. He loves the clubhouse. And he, uh, he told his agent, I want to come back to Minnesota and they made the, it happen. So 2020 is the, the, the villain redemption tour, you know, Marwin and Canada. Yeah. You still got Polanco and Cruz, by the way, don't, let's not forget, uh, who were popped for PEDs uh, in their career too. So this is a, uh, not a hard team to root for, but, uh, let, let's not uh, pretend that these guys are, uh, are, a hundred percent, uh, you know, clean as well. What, what are the other uh, What are the other things you're, you're tracking down over there? Before I let you go, uh, I'm just kind of doing an overall mooder for on the first day, and yep. and uh, there's a gaggle. Even though uh, Kenta made is not supposed to be here until tomorrow, uh-huh. uh, there's about a dozen Japanese media people just hanging out, so you can just ask. They're waiting to ask Rocco about Meta. Sure. So this is going to be an everyday occurrence. You know, uh, even when Meta's not here, it sounds like they're going to cover the there's going to be about a handful covering the team all year. And even on the days he's not pitching, they're going to have hmm. to come up with stories. So I can't wait to see how this <laughs> goes. Um, uh, made is not here. He's coming in tonight and we'll be at the workout tomorrow. The only other person not here is Fernando Romero, who is having visa issues coming out of the Dominican. Ah. So, uh, so uh, he's going to be delayed. It sounds like he won't be here for, uh, for several more days. So uh, that doesn't help him you know, no. trying to win a job in the bullpen. So, and, um, yeah, Pineda was, uh, well, and I haven't a chance to talk to Jose Barrios, but I'm curious to see what his off season workout 
program was like because he did not tweet as much as he's done in past huh. years. Uh, we didn't see tweets of him pushing cars across fields <laughs> or, or or running on the beach, you know, or with his shirt off, you know. I, as I'm curious to see, did he alter his uh, his off season training program at the behest of the Twins? Yeah, did they, did they want him to dial it back since he kind of seems like think, he hits a wall in August and September? I, I think they wanted him to modify his plan that would be focused on him. Uh, it focused on more on endurance and stamina to yeah. get through that that hump. So yeah. um, looking forward to talking to Jose about that. And uh, uh, I introduced myself to Homer Bailey today. Okay. And I'm supposed to write about him for this weekend, but this is going to be a tough one. Bailey's not the most loquacious guy, so I've got no. I've got to make him feel comfortable to so he can at least say something halfway decent. <laughs> so well, this maybe the one where you have to talk to everybody else about him and uh, let him fill in the gaps. Yeah, I may have to. I may have to. So, <laughs> all right. Well, good stuff, man. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll. Uh, I'll either get you or uh, or Phil in a couple of days. Is Phil down there yet? Uh, that's one of my errands for today. I have to pick Air Phil oh, up man. from the airport at seven o'clock. All right. Yeah, you know, I don't know what Phil's doing, but he doesn't have a rental car yet. He's got to pick one up tomorrow. So that sounds very, that means I, very I Phil. have to pick. I have to pick him up from the airport tomorrow, and that probably means that I have to take him to the rental car facility tomorrow to get his car. So, man, okay. uh, the, the Lavelle shuttle will the, be working. The, the, logis- the logistics of life in Fort Myers. Oh man, well, <laughs> you you make up for it with good weather and, uh, and 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 excellent reports. Appreciate it, man. We'll be back at you soon. My pleasure. Thanks a lot.